speculating about Carter Cap's delivery and the point of release. We're going to try to freeze it as close as we can as he lunges down the front slope of the mound. That back foot comes off the rubber. He jumps. I mean, the point of release, just about in this area, or if you let him, let him follow through, then somewhere almost to the edge of the grass. So if you want to measure from the edge of the grass, maybe six inches onto the dirt to home plate, he's cutting it down to about uh, 52 feet, somewhere, well, yeah, about 52 feet. We are back. We are back with our baseball episode. Probably one of my favorite episodes. I love doing baseball episodes. Every as, you, episode. as you guys saw with uh, Steve Hofsetter, I could talk baseball all day. So today we're joined by Carter Katz, former major league relief pitcher. Carter, how you doing? I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on. You have a nice background there. I, I really like uh, the decor behind you. Thanks. Uh, you can uh, give credit to my wife. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely not me. <laughs> same, same. That's what my pictures of... Uh, Sign ba- signed baseball players pictures is it's not me it's definitely not me. <laughs> it's funny because i have this background and i've been asked when i do zoom meetings like I, I could tilt it up a little bit here so i used to work for the red Sox, but as you could tell by my hat i'm wearing i'm a yankees fan Every time very like, conflicted very yeah, conflicted they're like is that a, is that red Sox stuff in your background i'm like yeah i used to work for the red Sox. like but you're a yankees fan i was like well the yankees didn't want to give me a job so here i am <laughs> worked for the red Sox. so that's how it goes so um one question i know you get it all the time so i'm not going to go too much into it um i'm sure you get your pitching motion question constantly a delivery we're not going to talk too much about it we've done our research and we know that you know everything behind but i do one thing i couldn't find how did you even start doing it uh yeah so uh pretty hammered on but yeah i just uh i had had some uh ucl sprains uh so it was just like really sore in my elbow and just really couldn't get back up to the velocity that i was used to throw in uh, so I guess they all just add more legs, you know, like the old school, like coaching mentality. Oh, just use your legs more. And uh, so I, like, I started trying to get really like linear down the mound and it just got like really excessive, but like the velo was great. So like nobody wanted me to change it and I was getting guys out. So like it kind of progressed organically through that avenue, but yeah, definitely uh, not something I would like encourage other guys to do, but yeah. <laughs> but when you first started it, did like your coach say like, Hey, that's not legal or keep doing that. That's legal. You're going to get a lot of calls on it, but it's legal. Yeah. There was no like legality question or anything. It was just uh, like, yeah, like you're getting out. So I keep doing it. Yeah. And then the rule came out afterwards. But yeah. yeah. How's that feel being someone to change the rules basically? Uh, not too good, but uh, you're on this end of it, but yeah, I guess uh, I appreciate like the, the consideration. Now, something good about the delivery is you were named in David Ortiz's top five toughest pitchers he's ever faced. How's that feel being in a that list that had like Mariano on it and all these like Hall of Famers, and you're yeah. on there as one of the toughest guys he's ever faced? Yeah, no, I definitely appreciated the shout out there. He definitely didn't have to do that, but uh, like it wasn't fun facing him either. So I definitely <laughs> uh, give some kudos back that way. But yeah, no, it was a it was a blast. Uh, I guess I got to face a lot of big name guys. So that, that, the whole journey was pretty cool. So I, I appreciate the shout out for sure. Yeah, you're trying to tell me it wasn't, it, it was not easy facing a future Hall of Famer. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy to talk about. Awesome. And then, so you made the transition from a starter to a relief pitcher in college. And was that a hard transition for you? Not as far as performance goes, but like mentally going from being a starter to a relief. What was that like for you? 
Yeah, so I was a starter in college, and then in professional baseball, I transitioned uh, into in a reliever. But yeah, no, it was uh, it was just kind of like take the reins off, I guess. Uh, like I didn't have to like worry about pitch count. I didn't have to worry about like okay, I really need you get get six innings, seven innings, uh, save the bullpen here. It was like no, like strike everybody out and like go out there like in a super like aggressive attack mindset. So I, I took to that uh, much more than like the starter. Like I, I enjoyed the game planning of starting all oh, like well third time through the order got to show them something different but uh it definitely is more fun to just kind of uh, like i guess take the regulator off and just like go attack guys and do best stuff like right out the gate is that why you when starters move to the bullpen you see such a high jump in velocity you'll see guys throwing somewhere in the mid 90s but when they come out of the bullpen they're they're gassing at 100 it's because it's just come in strike guys out and use what you got in that short amount of time uh, yeah, I think part of it, part of it's like a, an intent uh, mindset uh, mentality change. But yeah, I think that's largely it. Like you don't have to worry about like going the distance. Like it's like, I have to get you out now. I, I don't need to set you up for, you know, the, the second time through the order. Like I need you out now. Like you're getting my O2 stuff, like right out the gate. If you got runners in scoring position, like that's kind of the, like, I guess, attack mindset. And so the first ever out you made was against Derek Jeter. Do you ever look back on your career and think of like huge moments like that? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, I definitely like in the moment, it kind of like is a, just a whirlwind and it kind of like just blows past you. But like, uh, I, I just like look at it as like one collective, like, oh, like notch on my belt. Like it's something I set out to do when I was like, uh, like a really young kid. Like I wanted to be in the major leagues uh, and, and I just accomplished that. And, and I just like appreciated all my time there, I guess. I don't really look back at like specific moments. Uh, I, I think like as you're further away from the game for longer, like kind of like turns into one like just, oh, the one like giant memory of like a, a slideshow, I guess, in your head of like, oh, yeah, no, I had some really cool experiences. Like I saw, uh, like I was there for Felix Hernandez's perfect game. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, just like a lot of like little like experiences like that. It, you know, I wish I could have that mentality of like, <laughs> yeah, I got, got a Ortiz and Jeter. That's just a notch on the belt. That's <laughs> That's just me just doing my thing, you know. I, if I did that, if I got anybody out, I could get any batter out in Major League Baseball. I'd be talking about it for the rest of my life to everyone I've ever spoke to, ever. Oh, I'm play- sure it'd be awesome to be around you all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I played. Remember uh, that time I got out, uh, Mike Trout? Yeah, that time I got Mike Trout out. Oh, yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Uh, look at yeah. this highlight reel of the one play I did. This is <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I definitely would do that. I do that with the interviews I've done. Like, yeah, I interviewed this guy. <laughs> Chris has his own highlight reel. <laughs> and so you had Tommy John surgery just to kind of switch up a little bit in 2016. What does that feel like? You talked about having some UCL issues, but you did have the Tommy John, the Tommy John surgery. And what feeling do you have where you know, like, something is wrong? What did that feel like? Uh, yeah, so for me, it was like a, like, chronic thing. Uh, I had like a couple partial tears. So it was like one of those things, like if you have these partial tears and you're throwing really hard, a lot of outings, like you're eventually like, you know, like you're not going to have a good experience with it. Eventually you can't go on like that forever. Uh, so I ended up having two like PRP injections and UCL uh, like for in the UCL. But after that uh, I did have surgery and, and it's like, it's not what it used to be. So like, like you, you feel pretty confident, like, okay, I can get out of this. Like people have done it. it it's going to be a long road and it's definitely like the long game, but it, people have come back from it and done fine. So like there is that hope. Whereas I also had thoracic outlet 
Uh, and that's what way more of a, okay, like here's a crapshoot. Don't know how you're going to feel after this. Uh, so those were kind of very different uh, things going on. So speaking of Tommy John surgery, I, I feel like it, even 20 years ago, it wasn't as common. of Do you think it's because of the high velocity or is it because of how it's 24-7 round the clock, 365 for these pitchers? And they're just throwing all the time. Uh, yes, I think more, as long as you have the proper workload, uh, you're going to be in a better situation. Like, uh, so uh, I guess misconception right now in like professional baseball is like, okay, I threw a lot of innings during the season. So I should throw as little as possible during the off season to rest. And like in your head, that sounds like a good idea, but it would be like equivalent to, oh, I'm a marathon runner. And then I take three months off and then I go try and run a marathon. You know what I mean? Like, so you have to build that workload back up. I think just like an education base there would be huge. Uh, understanding like chronic workload and building it up over time to prepare. So like the season is kind of like, okay, I just coast instead of it feels like this huge undertaking. Uh, but yeah, also like specialized athletes, right? Like we got guys with like six, seven guys throwing, you know, hundred miles an hour. Like that's a lot of levers. That's a lot of stress on tiny ligaments. So, I mean, you're going to see that, but we're also much better at diagnosing it now. I mean, like in, you know, 30 years ago, like, just the the imaging technology wasn't nearly as good. Like you couldn't say, oh yeah, you got a partial tear versus, you know, uh, 80% tear. Like, it, you know, it's just, we're way more advanced than we used to be. So I think diagnosing along with, uh, yeah, guys just throwing harder. Yeah. I've noticed, like I had an argument with uh, an old coach, by the way, if you're wondering like, wow, this guy sounds like he coaches, coaches baseball or he, he works with baseball. Well, he works with driveline baseball and he's working on uh, with, with new stats and technology to really get it deep into this stuff. That's why he sounds like he does it. Cause that's what he does. I always had this argument with a coach of mine. Who's a very old school baseball guy. And he would say like, you know, this guy used to throw a hundred or this guy used to throw this and, and he didn't have to work all season and stuff like that. And he never got hurt or this guy never got hurt. And I'm like, the difference is there's more guys getting hurt because there's more guys throwing hundred miles an hour now. Yeah. Like even 20 years yeah. ago that they weren't throwing hundred miles an hour. Of course, you're going to see a lot of these hard throwers getting hurt, but the best ones in the game, they're not really getting like, you don't really hear too. Well, now Jacob, the ground gets hurt more, but you didn't really hear when he was winning. I mean, what was that? Two years ago, he's been signing Young's back-to-back. But these guys that are the best of the best, Max Scherzer's of the world, you're not, they're not getting hurt every, every 10 minutes. But it's so many guys are throwing 100 miles an hour now. That's why you're seeing so many of these 100-mile-an-hour guys getting hurt. It's yeah, not like I would say, years ago. Yeah, I would say there's also, like, some survivorship bias, right? Like, the reason you know Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw is because they've had these long careers where they didn't really get hurt. Like, yeah. So that's why you, they're household names, like – Whereas, like, I played with guys that threw 100 miles an hour that you don't know their name. Like, and, and they could have been great, but, like, they had injuries or whatever. So, it's like, like, which one is causing it, right? Like, yes, the injuries are there, but also, like, we know these guys because they're crazy efficient. They have maybe slightly better genetics. I mean, Jacob DeGrom did have uh, Tommy John earlier. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, like, so, like, it's a little bit of both, right? Like, we know their names because they've had these great careers for so long and they do throw so hard. But at the same time, like, there's a ton of guys that aren't that situation, you know. Yeah. I mean, even if you go back, I'm sure there were guys throwing maybe not 100, but they were the high throwers back 30, 40 years ago that just – same thing. They got hurt and never really made it, but you didn't hear about yeah. that. 
So I, I always had this argument and it's like, you're hearing so many of these hundred mile an hour throwers getting hurt because there's just every bullpen is stacked with hundred mile an hour throwers. You don't really oh, see yeah. the 90 mile an hour place it here, place it there guy anymore. And that's why you see so many of them get hurt. So now you work with driveline baseball. Can you tell us a little bit about what driveline is? Uh, yeah. So like I would say in its base form, it's like a player development company, uh, like private, obviously. Uh, and they just, they do a really good job of developing guys for like all different levels. So like we'll have high school guys, we'll have like college guys, we'll have minor league and then all the way up to professional. Uh, and then we'll, we'll have like some all-stars like MLB all-stars come in too. So like we, we are all over the board uh, and it's just like in its base form, it's like, yeah, we're going to try and get you better at whatever you do and, and use some data to kind of back up what we're saying. We're not just going to like, throw a bunch of stuff on the wall and see what sticks like we're going to have a process that we go about to attack it um and with how the world is today with COVID and stuff like that how has that changed how you guys do things at driveline yeah a lot more like uh, virtual stuff I would say like this uh like I'll be doing a lot of meetings uh guys will you know that have come in and done the mocaps like we'll you know have zoom meetings and talk about it so like I've gotten really good at like uh, pulling up the uh, like little skeleton and everything uh, you can see on some like my Twitter content and stuff but like and basically just showing them what they do but it's just from afar instead of you know in person uh, like we've been doing and then like uh, a lot of it's just guys have poor throwing programming uh, so making sure that we give them a throwing program and that we check in uh, that they're actually doing it right uh, so and that, that's kind of the benefit of some of the technology like we have modus uh, so we can like track how many get throws the guy actually makes without being there. Uh, so that, that's really nice. Like I rely on that pretty heavily if I'm not in gym, cause like, I need to know if you, was it, it was supposed to be a light day. Was it actually light or did you get a little carried away? Cause your buddy was still on hard and like we went too much. Like, cause now we got to push back our heavy day. Cause we're not going to just keep like hammering you with intent. Uh, so that is definitely a different world, but uh, kind of embracing it, I would guess. Yeah. So to do it on virtual, they'd have to, it must be weird. They have to send you basically a video of what they're doing, I'd imagine, right? Like they have to record their entire session, send it to you so you can see what they're doing and count everything up. And it, co coaching just has to be in a weird state right now outside of, you know, professionally because there's just not much you could do. Yeah, you get uh, really good at uh, video breakdowns because you got to, right? Like, yeah. so you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I need like two or three more camera angles so I can see, like, oh, did we get uh, scab retraction and hip shoulder separation? Because, like, I can't see it in like from one plane, I can't see it all. So it's like, oh, can you do like an overhead view? Or, yeah. So I'm like asking for all these crazy uh, video positions. Now, if someone's trying to get into the driveline, can they request a coach or do they just get matched up with a coach? How does like that kind of system work? Cause I know some places you can request coaches, you see them online and sometimes they just kind of give what you get, what you give. Uh, yeah. It, it, usually if we like have a, uh, like a relationship with a guy, like well, we get like that guy. Uh, like I've played with some guys that I've uh, I end up coaching just because like I have that uh, I guess rapport with them already. But for the most part, if you come in, you get assigned a coach for like the, general population guys like you come in you get a coach and and they're all really good so you're not gonna like get screwed over with like this guy that knows what he's talking about or something and now uh how would someone get involved with driveline uh as a player yeah you can just contact our cr uh which is online like you can find the number pretty easy just customer relations at driveline baseball and yep you can call in and hopefully uh get scheduled for something is this only based in Washington or are there other facilities across the country? 
Yeah, so there's they're doing some pop-up places in some other country, uh, some other uh, cities to kind of like get, like I guess a little drive a little bit more interest. But also, I think they're right now we're trying to push towards like a permanent shop in like Arizona and Florida and Texas potentially. So it's kind of the goal long term, I guess. With it being virtual, though, say someone from uh, New York wanted to do it. I mean, they could probably sign up, I'd imagine, right? Because it's all virtual anyway. You're doing it on your own and then sending it to the coaches. Yeah, yeah. Our, our online training is pretty big, especially right now. I think we probably have like two, 300 guys in online training. Uh, and, and that's just strictly like, hey, like send us whatever video you can. Uh, as soon as we can get you in for a motion capture, which is like the biomech, like all the little electrode sensors all over you. Uh, we're going to do that, break down your mechanics. But until then, like, we're just going to hammer you with, like, strength programming, uh, throwing programming, and we're going to get you in a good spot. So, like, worst case scenario, you have a good base level of baseball fitness. Are there – when without COVID, is there an online and an uh, in-person program, or is the online program strictly made because of COVID? Uh, no, there was our, always online. Yeah, we, we've done that. Uh, it's just easier because, like, we are – we're – far northwest obviously so it's like hard for some guys on the east coast to get out here uh so yeah we, we've done that a lot and then we all offer like uh certifications to coaches and stuff so like a coach can come in and like get certified and then go out and like kind of teach the program to like his his whatever team 1400 team or whatever yeah so when you get all these guys coming through the program what is the interest level you see is it about becoming a better baseball player or is it getting to the next level what do you see as far as like the spread of what people's goals are with driveline? Yeah, it's almost always getting to the next level of something. Uh, I mean, obviously some guys are coming in and their next level is never going to be like the major leagues, but their, their, their yeah. next level is going to be like, Oh, I want to be a starter in varsity, you know, like, and that's like totally fine. And we're like, okay, like how do we get you like to be a starter in like your high school team? Like, okay. Like what do you need to throw? Okay. You probably need to throw around 85 miles an hour to be like a, at a good, like uh, like starter and, and uh, a good varsity team. So it's like, okay, like we're going to get you there. We're going to get your pitch shaped right. Uh, so you can compete at your level and then hopefully like one level above. But yeah, and then some guys, it's like, like we're dealing with, like I said, like perennial all-stars. And it's like, they have like two things that are just slightly inefficient. And we're just trying to get like that fifth year. So it's like, they're already like great, but like, we're just trying to get them like either sustain the greatness for longer or just get them that fifth year that maybe like as they age, they're not quite able to get to where they were previously. Or like a lot of times guys uh, stuff, like especially with sliders, we see the slider shape will just change over the course of time. Uh, Cause it's such a finicky pitch, right? Like you're going the outside of the ball and like, depending on if you're underneath it on top, like it gets more depth, it gets a little bit more cuttery, it gets a little bit sweepier and a little slower. So like, and guys just, they, they won't, for whatever reason, they often don't like monitor their arsenal as they age and as the season progresses. So uh, we do a lot of like arsenal analysis and stuff like that. And one last question before we wrap up. Um, how did you get involved with driveline? Yeah. So uh, towards the end of the, my career, when I was trying to like figure out how to not throw the way I was throwing uh, so I could still play, I came out uh, and just trained there and really liked what they were about. And I uh, just, I took about a year off and was like, you know what? I really miss baseball. I want to get back into coaching. Uh, these guys know what they're doing. Like they're best at what I'm worst at, right? Like I was worst at the at worst at the data stuff. Uh, so it's like, okay, how do I get better at that? Well, I'll just go to the place that's the best in the world at that and learn as much as I can. And now I feel like that's one of my strengths actually, as well as like the baseball background. So 
uh, just kind of trying to turn one of my weaknesses into a strength. So. Gotcha. And you've grown a lot after your time for anyone who's out there is looking to make it in baseball. Do you have any advice for them going forward? Join driveline. Join driveline. <laughs> uh, as a player, a coach or what? Let's say as a player, uh, now that you offer me options, I'd like both, but let's say as yeah. a player first. <laughs> yeah. I would say as a player, like you just gotta like really trust, like you, first off, you gotta have like good like education. So like, even if your coach at your school or whatever, isn't very good, like it's on you. There's so many free resources, like driveline puts out a ton of blogs and stuff. Like it's up to you to like learn what is actually uh, going to fit. Uh, and then just like attack the process. And it's like, it's not going to be like pretty and it's not going to be like linear, right? It's going to be bouncy and like, you just got to ride the waves. Uh, but understand that it is a process and like whether like a lot of guys are just aren't very strong. Like, and to throw really hard, you got to be, you got you to move well, but you got to be really strong too. And you got to move fast. And it's like, like if, if for some guys that haven't worked out, it's like your velocity is like in the gym. Like that's where your velocity is. Like if you want to throw harder, like get in better shape. Uh, and, and then it's like, okay, if guy has like a movement deficiency or something, we'll attack that. But yeah, I, I would say just like education, honestly, uh, for, for both the coaches as well. Like if you want to be like, the, like, I don't have any aspirations to be like the 10th best coach in the world. Like I want to be the best coach in the world. Like, so like, I'm going to like learn as much as I can and just try and be the best coach in the world. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. That was great. Yeah. We'll be right back. Yeah.